Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. And it's the Patrick Johnson Show, 94.3 The Game. Great to have you along. You're not hearing uh, Pirate Baseball now uh, because Pirate Baseball is uh, not playing this weekend. Word came down late last night because of COVID issues in the Houston Cougars program that the Pirates are uh, not going to be able to play this weekend. The series, uh, the verbiage we got was postponed. I guess there's a possibility that this could be uh, rescheduled. Uh, but no ECU baseball this weekend between East Carolina and the Houston Cougars. Uh, we'll tell you what that means as far as programming. That uh, means we will hear some uh, playoff football on our airwaves tonight. Rose will be on the air. More details on that coming up. But first, let's go out on the phone line now. Cliff Godwin in Houston, Texas, we presume is uh, with us. We, we don't presume he's with us. We just presume he's in Houston still. Coach, uh, how are you? Hope all's well today. I'm doing great, Patrick, and yes, we're still in Houston. You will be there, as I understand it, till uh, Saturday because of the the travel back. Is that the uh, – because, I mean, it's a travel party. You've got 40-some-odd guys or more on this travel party, so uh, you guys are trying to come back, I guess, in as close to unison as possible? Yeah, we're going to fly back on multiple flights tomorrow morning so to get us back in um, to Greenville sometime late afternoon tomorrow and – uh, then so we can scrimmage on Sunday at our place. We just got off the field at Houston, uh, took some batting practice at into the outfield and played seven innings of an inner squad because uh, we got to keep getting our you know pitch count right. and all that stuff. And hitters have to hit off live pitching and play defense. And I mean you got to play games, so we um, did that today. Uh, so when you all went uh, out Wednesday, I, I felt like, okay, well, this is because there had been some reporting, I guess, from D1 Baseball that there might have been some COVID issues in the Houston program. W- when you all made the uh, trip out to Houston, it was with full confidence there was going to be a game, I assume. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's a little bit unique when you're in Greenville, North Carolina, and get a bus to Raleigh. So you have to leave a little bit earlier, get on the flight from Raleigh, and then, of course, you know, Houston's a decent trip. So, actually, earlier in the week, to my knowledge, it was a false positive of a different individual, and then they had a positive Thursday morning um, of one of their players. And they retested him um, a couple times, and then, you know, found out it was really a positive, and then the contact tracing knocked out a ton of their pitchers. So, look, I, I know we got here, and, 
and they made a decision. We're not playing, and we just got to make the best of it. What did so when I guess that you'd been in touch the whole time with the Houston staff and athletic departments on either side, one way or the other, been in touch with each other. So you got this information last night. We get it a little later in the night. Uh, it was a little shocking to, to, to see because oh wow, they're already out there. But uh, you had been, I guess, you knew this was a possibility, albeit a low probability. Knew it was a possibility when we landed in Atlanta. We flew from Atlanta, Raleigh to Atlanta, and that's when I knew it was a possibility. Up until then, we thought we were 100% playing all four games. And Got then you. Yeah. Once we landed in Atlanta, we started getting some information. And Look, it's really not my call. It's not Todd Whitting's call. It's, uh, it's the medical advisory group that is uh, the American doctors. I guess this is the doctors from, you know, Dr. Armin for us. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, in the league. And then they make a decision. So, um, really, the coaches don't have a lot of say so into it. Uh, Pirate baseball coach Cliff Godwin, he's joining us here uh, to start the show today. No Pirate baseball. The series with Houston postponed because of COVID issues within the uh, Cougar program. Pirates will be uh, returning uh, tomorrow, as coach just told us a few minutes ago, and then uh, plan to scrimmage uh, on uh, Sunday inside of Clark LeClaire Stadium. Coach, as far as any possible right now it's postponed at least last I checked that was still the verbiage that's different than canceled is there any realistic way to make this game or this series up or any of the games in the series up yeah I'm not real sure why the verbiage was postponed it should have been canceled okay. I can't see how I can't see how you're going you know, to make that up and the only way you can make it up is if you go to play somebody else and they can't play you and Houston goes to play somebody else and they can't play that would be the only way we could play them for four games like we were supposed to. Right. Is there any opportunity to schedule anything midweek with anyone else, or is just the conference not budging on that, and so the Pirates' next set of games are against uh, UCF next weekend? To my knowledge, it's just UCF next weekend. Um, you know, John Gilbert and J.J. and I've talked, and um, the conference is, uh, you know, I guess pretty stuck on what their protocols are, and Tulane was in the same situation last weekend. They flew to South Florida, had to scrimmage there um, on Friday because South Florida, for whatever reason, couldn't play. I mean, I know the reason, but as far as the contact stuff, so uh, I'm not in the weeds with that stuff. But, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I I think if the American had to go back and do it all over again, they wouldn't have made us play four games and we could have played a midweek and played three. I, I don't think that was. I thought that was a little premature decision, but it's water under the bridge. It is what it is now, so you got to keep moving forward. We'll obviously talk with you again on Monday. Uh, so you have the great distinction of being uh, a back-to-back featured guest on the show, which uh, it's just something you can add to your uh, your CV, which is already quite impressive, Coach. But but it's, it, as far as these guys, <laughs> as far as these guys. You know, and I mean, I guess, you know, you, you had a practice today. As you said, you, you had a seven-inning uh, inter-squad. You, you still got to keep these guys sharp and in, in, in some kind of, of focus. But here you are on the road. It's a different state. It's a different city. Are there some things that you guys are doing, uh, you know, that, that kind of bond a team like you do when you go on the road? Uh, or is, is are your options pretty limited because of, you know, just everything going on? Uh, right now in the world, even though Texas is is gone sans mask requirement uh, in that state, I think anytime you go on the road as a group because you can't travel everybody, it's a bonding opportunity. I thought last night's practice was as good of a practice that we've had this spring. I thought the guys were 
totally engaged and I'm on my cell phone, which I never had my cell phone at practice and, you know, just trying to figure all this stuff out. And our guys were awesome bouncing around. Um, today wasn't quite as good. I mean, it was missing rain, but we're on turf and, you know, Gavin and Carson are having to pitch off turf. So all those things uh, will be beneficial for us, you know, because, you know, we got to go to Wichita State. It's all turf. So we're able to get two practices on turf and a seven in the inner squad on turf. So that, that will help us down the road. And um, we're getting ready to get on the bus and go to uh, a restaurant that has a room for us and um, get them fed good. And then we'll have a team meal tonight at the hotel. And we're leaving pretty early in the morning. Yeah. Uh, Coach, we appreciate you taking the time uh, here with us. Uh, I know you've uh, been able to take advantage of that extra practice time. That's one of the benefits of these uh, non-midweek games now that you're in conference play uh but you know you're going to go quite a bit without playing games how do you keep the guys sharp that's part of what i guess some of the activities today were but uh is, is that of any concern just keeping the guys game ready and sharp the only concern is that they don't show up with the intent energy and focus which some of the guys didn't do today then that's a concern because you can't just flip that switch on um and We'll be able to, like, we didn't have a school board today. We couldn't use that. We'll be able to put something on the line a little bit on Sunday. So <laughs> we'll split the teams up and, uh, you know, have something uh, on the line, either a positive or maybe a negative if you're, you know, <laughs> losing. So uh, um, I think we can get them going in the right direction. We'll get back home and have a school board. Yeah, I think you probably will. Uh, Coach, hey, we appreciate it a lot, man. Thanks so much. And uh, safe travels back to Greenville. And uh, we'll talk to you Monday. Thanks, Patrick. Appreciate it. We appreciate uh, Cliff Godwin taking a few minutes with us here. That's tough, man. I mean, they're, look, the Pirates are making the best of the situation. Uh, but, uh, boy, I, you know, this was reported by D1 Baseball. And then when the Pirates got on the plane, I kind of thought, well, maybe maybe that was more rumor. But, uh, you know, Coach outlined it there. It kind of started as a false te- positive. And then with the contact tracing after the positive test, we are where we are now. Uh, it, it it's tough for him because you know you got to get those flights back, so they're obviously going commercial on this. But I mean that's that's some things that have had to be done this year. Basketball, both men and women had to utilize commercial at times uh, this year, and it's just part of trying to save some money in uh, the COVID situation as far as what athletics is in right now. So that's uh, the situation. In case you're just joining us, we just talked to Cliff Godwin. This is the Patrick Johnson Show. We weren't supposed to be here on a uh, Friday. We were going to be preempted by Pirate Baseball in a doubleheader against Houston. First two of a four-game set. Well, the Cougars have a COVID issue within their program, so now they are uh, not able to play ECU this weekend. Coach says, for all intents and purposes, this is not a postponed series. It's canceled because there is no real way to make it up unless – Something happens, God forbid, with some other programs and the schedules are able to match up, but I, I can't imagine that Coach Godwin would want to take his team back out to Houston for another set of uh, games, potentially. At this point, uh, you just try to forge ahead, I guess, as best you can, and, and we'll see how it plays out. Pirates will not be able to play again until next weekend when they host UCF, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So it'll be a couple weeks between games for uh, ECU, something 11, 12 days between games uh, for the Pirates, but they will scrimmage inside of Clark LeClaire Stadium coming up on uh, Sunday. Now, because there's no Pirate baseball this weekend, especially tonight, that means that the Rose High game between uh, in the playoffs, the 3AA playoff game between Rose and Lee County, two undefeated squads getting ready to lock up 
that game will be played, uh, of course, in Greenville, but heard here on 94.3, the game coming up at 7 o'clock this evening. Uh, Trent McGee will be in for Croft Massey tonight. The legendary Ronald Vincent RV will be on the call as well, and those guys will have uh, Rose football in the playoffs for you. The Rapids are back in the playoffs, and uh, they've had a long, long uh, winning streak in the first round. I think that ended a few years ago, but the Rapids have had a great deal of success in the first round uh, over the years. So Rose Rampant football tonight here on 94.3, the game coming up at 7 o'clock against uh, Lee County, who is uh, – emerged as a really good 3A football program in the state of North Carolina over the last few years. We're going to uh, take a break. When we return, Nick Stevens from High School OT is going to join us. Not only are we going to talk about the playoffs, we're going to talk about the commissioner from the North Carolina High School Athletic Association, Q Tucker, going before that committee in the General Assembly yesterday. And uh, surprise guest Nikki Novak on this surprise edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, We're getting it underway on a Friday, and we thank you for being with us. We'd appreciate it if anyone hearing this broadcast would communicate with us. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of the ECU Pirates. We are very anxious to know how far the broadcast is reaching. 94.3 The Game. And 94.3thegame.com. Tweet at us. <gasps> at 943 The Game. Oh, a friend. At P Man on Air. It's not like a cult, is it? Sound off and tell us what's on your mind. 943 The Game and P Man on Air on Twitter. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 943 The Game and 943TheGame.com. Quite a day yesterday, as a lot of ground was covered during a legislative committee hearing into the North Carolina High School Athletic Association. We, of course, have uh, been following uh, this and talked to some of the uh, lawmakers. We're going to have Q Tucker, commissioner, on soon. Uh, doing a fabulous job of covering this from HighSchoolOT.com and WREL. Nick Stevens, who's always on shows that I host, but never when I host them. So he's on today when I'm hosting uh, on this special uh, occasion, uh, this special Friday edition. Uh, Nick, great to talk to you. Uh, have enjoyed uh, your work for many, many years, and I appreciate the time here this afternoon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So if you had to summarize yesterday, uh, it seems like that the legislative committee, and this had some heavy hitters on it, so I, I think this got the High School Athletic Association's uh, attention. And I, and I thought the commissioner did a fabulous job yesterday. I really do believe that sincerely. I thought Q Tucker uh, was was fabulous yesterday during that hearing. But what would you say that what 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 did, what were the the highlights, if you will? Well, I think we're starting to see uh, some different angles that the, that the legislators are, are coming from. Um, maybe angles isn't the right word, but some of the, th- the things that they are focusing in on. Um, and I think that there are, there were two going into the hearing that we were pretty confident were going to be hit on pretty hard. Um, and one of those would be the finances, which we heard a lot about uh, yesterday. The other side would be oversight uh, or what the legislators perceive to be a, as a lack of oversight, uh, which we also heard about uh, a good deal. Uh, and then I think we started to see a third thing develop yesterday with charter and parochial schools um, in the association and, and some fair play concerns uh, that many of the legislators have expressed. Uh, we knew that was a concern going in, but I think we're going to see that uh, become more of the discussion going forward. Uh, Representative John Bell from uh, Wayne County um, spoke on this at length. 
uh, during the hearing, and, and he recommended that the subcommittee continue to investigate that aspect of it, and, and Senator Berger uh, agreed. So I, I think we're probably going to hear more about that going forward. Um, and, and, you know, I think that's a, a lot of these things that, that they're discussing are things that we have heard from schools and members from, you know, for years. I've been doing this since 2006, and I've been hearing these things for at least since then. Right, um, yeah. So, you know, none of this is new, but it's definitely new that we are discussing it in the state legislature. Well, I I think what really caught people's eye yesterday was the presentation by uh, Senator Vicki Sawyer. And I mean, it was thorough. And and let me just say, she's not accusing anyone with the High School Athletic Association of any shenanigans or wrongdoing or, or, uh, you know, anything that uh, is taking advantage of of this money. But it was kind of staggering to see and I'd heard this when we had talked to Senator Perry a while back. He had told us this. But when you see it on this chart, it is quite remarkable that the NCHSAA's total assets uh, total in at $41 million. And that's more than double the next highest state. That is a little staggering. Yeah, I mean, I think that caught a lot of people's attention. Uh, that that chart that they shared was um, really eye-opening. I thought that was a really effective uh, visual aid that they had. Um, and, and I know social media exploded with, with that chart. Um, you know, I do think that there's some, some research that we need to do um, as reporters into that. Um, I don't, all of that data is based off of uh, 990 forms, which are, are basically tax returns for, for nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Um, and not necessarily, do they have all of the information on there for every state association? Uh, not every state association is set up like the NCHSAA. Um, so some have funds that are in separate like foundations that they pull from. Um, so some state associations are going to have higher operating budgets, for example, um, than the NCHSAA does uh, on an annual basis. So you know, there are some comparisons I think we need to look at there. Um, but either way, <laughs> the data that was shared was pretty eye-opening, uh, oh. more than double second place. So, and, and, let's, um, and let's say this, that 41, that's assets. That's a balance sheet. That's yeah. assets. That's not yeah. cash on hand. Uh, no, 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 no. And, and I think that, you know, that that's an important designation as well. Nick Stevens, uh, HighSchoolOT.com. Uh, we'll get into some more fun stuff here in a moment uh, with the playoffs starting tonight in football. But as far as what the next steps are, what do you believe they are in this process? Well, um, I've, I've spoken to several lawmakers, uh, even since yesterday's hearing. Um, and I, I can tell you that they intend to continue this subcommittee investigation. Um, I think we're going to hear um, from more people uh, on this topic. There will be future hearings, I believe. Uh, they'll be doing some work behind the scenes, uh, getting some more information. Um, I do think that the charter and parochial school issue is one that we're going to hear a lot more about mm-hmm. in the future from the committee. Um, so uh, I think that's going to be something that, that uh, we'll be doing a lot of reporting on here uh, in the near future. Um, and, and I think that that's going to be something that probably gets some support uh, from NCHSA member schools. Uh, that, that's a concern that many of them have from the small classifications to the large classifications. Um, I do think that there is 
at least some concern amongst the member schools that we may be headed into a situation where there is too much being done. Uh, right. The realignment bill that got proposed in Onslow County uh, really kind of made a lot of people jump back a little bit. Um, you know, the, there are a lot of schools who share these concerns that lawmakers are expressing around finances and transparency and oversight. Um, but I don't think the majority of the schools really want every issue decided in the legislature. Right. Um, right. You know, and, and every time a school has an, a problem with, with the rule or a realignment or whatever it might be, that we get a bill filed in the legislature to to change it. So right. I think that's uh, that is something I think we'll have to watch going forward too. Well, look, and and I'm generalizing here. Uh, the majority of Republican lawmakers tend to not want a lot of government overreach. Uh, if you start legislating every decision. Uh, that smacks of overreach, and I, and I think that does become problematic. So I think that's a great point that you make, Nick. The other thing uh, I would say, and, and we discussed this a little before going on the air, uh, there there is a huge push from Republicans, and this is just a statement, it's not a, a political opinion, about school choice, and a lot of that has resonated in the advent of charter schools, which are, are public schools in North Carolina. Thus, they are eligible to play uh, and compete as a member of the North Carolina High School Athletic Association. Mm-hmm. It, it's a lot of Republican lawmakers who are concerned about the competitive balance, yet they support charter schools. Uh, th- this seems to me, at least, to be a, a situation where you can't have your cake and eat it too. Uh, I understand concerns, what they're saying about the competitive balance. By God, uh, my DMs get full if, if you do a 1A basketball championship game and uh, 1A public school coaches are, uh, from traditional schools are hammering me, wanting me to, to say things. But you, you can't do that. So uh, my, my point being here is that seems to be kind of a fine line here. Uh, and, and I think it's interesting that some lawmakers have seized on that, especially from the rural communities. Where are we going with uh, the parochial schools, and, but more importantly, the charter schools in your mind? Well, I mean, the points you make are good points and are things that I, I've been asking about, um, asking legislators about. Um, in fact, yesterday I, I spoke to a few of them um, after the, the hearing and asked that very question. You know, you're a proponent of school choice. How can we, I mean, this is kind of like a, a square peg and a round hole thing here where, you know, you're, you're pushing one issue and then at the same time saying it's a problem. So. Um, but what they say is, and Representative Bell said this to me on the record yesterday, um, that that was not the purpose of charter schools to build athletic dynasties or, or big athletic mm-hmm. programs. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the exact word that he used. So right. I don't want to say that's a quote. Um, and, and that's what he feels is happening at, at many of the charter schools. So um, that is where he's coming from there. Um, you know, I, I think that most people agree that I think even charter schools will acknowledge most of them, that there are some competitive advantages that, that they enjoy. Um, for, for example, they, they don't have the, the boundary that a, a traditional public school might have. Um, but I think that most of the lawmakers that I have spoken to at least believe that there is a way to, um, to have 
the charter schools in an association with traditional public schools. Yeah. And I think even parochial schools, they believe that they can be in a in an association, but they need to find a way to better balance the playing field. Um, not all of them agree with that. Some of them think traditional schools should play traditional schools, charter schools should play charter schools, and private schools should play private schools. Uh, but, but most of them, I do think, want to find opportunities for all kids um, and just try and find a way to balance the playing field. Now, the SHSA has been having that discussion, again, since I've been doing this in 2006. Right, right, yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the devil's in the details there uh, in, in terms of how you, how you create a, a level playing field that everybody agrees is a level playing field. Um, and, and that's going to be the challenge, I think, that lawmakers are going to find as they continue down this discussion. But, um, you know, again, I think this will be a discussion that a lot of people support having in the NHSA. And I think they will be surprised um, at some of the responses they get from some of the charter and parochial schools mm-hmm. that acknowledge that, yes, we do have some competitive advantages. Um, and, and there are some, some schools that are, are, well, the NHSA already has some extra rules that they have to follow. Sure. And there's some schools that enforce rules on their own. Uh, to keep level playing fields. So I, I, I think that's going to be a, an issue that we have to follow here for the next few months. Uh, we've got Nick Stevens, highschoolot.com, also uh, with uh, WREL uh, with us uh, here. A few more minutes with him. I appreciate uh, your time today here, uh, Nick. Let me ask you about, uh, let's go back to the, the financial aspect of this. What are schools hoping ultimately, ha- are schools looking for more money being filtered or funneled back to them filtered might not be the right word but funneled back to them uh <laughs> essentially uh or are they looking for perhaps uh the endowment which you right now those endowment fees from from football gate receipts are uh have been halted indefinitely are they looking for for that to kind of be the case or are they looking for uh, that infrastructure, or sort of, not infrastructure, but the endowment to be invested in things like infrastructure. What, what are schools generally, on the whole, looking for uh, when they, you know, have voiced their concerns to lawmakers and, and you and me, for that matter? Well, yeah, it varies. Um, and, and again, this is going to be one of the challenges that that lawmakers run into is what one school wants is going to be totally different than what another school wants. Uh, and when you have 421 member schools, it's going to be really hard to make everybody happy. Uh, so, you know, I think that's going to be something that, that they really find as a challenge and, and that the NHSA has as a challenge today. Um, generally speaking, though, you know, I think understanding what assets the NHSA has, where they are and what they're doing now is the top priority. Mm-hmm. And then once they understand that, um, I think that then you'll hear schools who say there'll be schools on one end that say, okay, well, we know what, we know what's going on. Let's just leave it like it is. There'll be other schools that say, um, let's just completely liquidate the endowment fund and give all that money back to the schools. Um, you know, there, there are schools on both ends of that spectrum and everywhere in between. Um, so I, I think, I think that first, now that, now that some, there is some lightning shine on, on this issue, and, and we know a whole lot more about NCHSA finances today than we did a month ago, um, if, 
I think once we get deeper in and people have a chance to kind of understand more about it, I think then we'll start hearing more from schools about what they would like to see happen with that money um, or what they think the NHSA priorities should be mm-hmm. with that money. Um, I just don't think that everybody has enough information yet to yeah, really, gotcha. um, to really, you know, have specifics. All right. Uh, let's get to some fun things. Playoffs for football start tonight. Who knew we would get here? Uh, we yeah. are. And uh, I've enjoyed spring football. Um, I know it's not permanent. It's kind of been quirky. I've enjoyed the weather more than anything. Uh, it's, it's a lot more pleasant than 110 degrees in late August. <laughs> uh, but let me ask you this. Uh, you know, our, our lone representative in Pitt County is Rose, and they've mm-hmm. got Lee County tonight. That's a 4-5 matchup. Uh, this is going to be interesting. Uh, I mean, these all these games stand to be fabulous in the first round because it, essentially they're the equivalent of second, third, uh, possibly even regional final uh, quality games. Yep. Uh, um, and just I, any thoughts uh, from from your perspective, Rose and Lee County? Well, I, I think that's going to be one of the better games of, of, of the night, uh, at least in the East. Um, Lee County has kind of established itself as a, a power in the last five years or mm-hmm. so yeah. um, in the 3A rank. So, um, you know, obviously coming off the state runner-up finish in 2019, um, they, they've got some young, I think this is going to be an interesting matchup, particularly offensively, because both teams have some really good talent on, on that side of the ball. Um, and I, I think you might be get. I think you might, are you calling this game tonight? I am not. I've got a different, okay. uh, assignment tonight as it were. No, our guy, Trent well, McGee and the legendary RV, Ronald Vincent will be right here on 94, three, the game. Uh, so they'll well, have that one. For I suspect you. they're going to have a. I think they're going to have a lot of touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be my guess. Um, you know, and, and and this is this is a game that I feel like we would in a normal year. This would probably be like a third round game. Um, the way we're doing playoff brackets this year with the random draws and all that kind of stuff, you just kind of get. I mean, it's the luck of the draw, literally. Um, and so you know, I I think that this is going to be an interesting one, and, and I think offensively that's going to be where it's won. Um, you know, I, I, if, if there's a team that can get a few stops, that's probably going to be the key. Um, but I'm excited about this one. Both of these teams are going to be bringing back some young talent in the fall too. Um, so this might be a playoff, um, a playoff game we see down the road. What other big games, uh, stand out in your mind tonight as far as matchups uh, go, uh, regardless of part of the state or classification? Well, the, the big one that I think um, at the uh, 4AA level, uh, Audrey Kell and Vance are playing each other in Charlotte. Um, I think that's going to be a huge one. Um, there's also in Wake County, we've got a real interesting one. Uh, Wake Forest, who obviously everybody knows has been probably the best program in the last 10 years, uh, at least in the East, um, they barely made the playoffs. Uh, they were in a must-win game last week, had to beat rival Heritage to get in. Uh, now they're on the road in the first round at uh, Millbrook. So that, to me, is going to be a real interesting one. Wake Forest had scored, like, uh, I want to say it was like 49 points in conference yeah. play. Yeah. And then they scored 48 points last Friday night. Um, so I know they have not been what they – or at least so far, have not appeared to be what they have been in the past. But yeah. I would want to play them in the first round. Well, it was interesting. Um, that game got delayed to Saturday. We we had that for the Sinclair TV package, uh, Jay Sunholder mm-hmm. and I did uh, last week. And yep. 
you know, everybody was, what's wrong with Wake Forest? So when you get into the game study, their defense has been dynamite still. <laughs> it's the same Wake yeah. Forest defense. They just hadn't scored points this year. And then uh, somebody turned on the offense for both sides in the, uh, the yeah. resumption of that game. Uh, anyway, you were saying Wake Forest is obviously uh, a dark horse, as funny as that sounds, uh, in this thing. It's crazy. Much, yeah. Crazy to say that. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that's, it kind of felt that way. Um, but I'll, I'll say this. It, it's really, really hard. To, and it's just this way in all, it's all sports. But it's really this way in football because you only play seven games, uh, if you're lucky. Um, the, it's really hard to compare teams going into a playoff because most of them have only played conference games. Um, and so, like, you know, you might be undefeated, but your conference might be really weak. And so that undefeated is not necessarily the same as – a team who's got one or two losses in a really tough conference. Um, and so it's really hard to compare those mm-hmm. um, right now this year. And, and that's why, by the way, that's why the NCHSA is doing the playoffs the way they are because max preps rankings would not have worked with playing only conference schedule. Um, you can, there's nowhere to, to compare across the board who, who that is better than who. So uh, that you know, I, I think that's going to be really interesting in football. It's been that way in all sports, but football is going to be really amplified just because of the the fewer game, fewer games that everybody plays. Yeah. All right. So, in sticking with the tradition that uh, occurs when you appear on what I always think is the greatest sports uh, talk radio show, uh, <laughs> Sports Channel Eight. They are pretty good, and, they, love, and they like to. Uh, I love Sports Channel Eight. I, that's my. They, that's the best sports radio show in my mind. They uh, they they like to have a little bit of fun about uh, about uh, mascots and stuff. Well, so. you read my mind. Sticking with that tradition, since they are on <laughs> summer hiatus, it's time for name the mascot uh, with Nick Stevens. I don't know exactly how they do it, but I am going to give you three. And I say if you get That's two of th- I'm going to say if you get two of three, it's it's I I declare that a winner. Uh, <laughs> my academic marks usually, you know, were two out of three, and I thought I was a success at school. So here we go. Uh, our, we're just going to pick random schools from around the state. Uh, Southwest Guilford. Southwest Guilford's mascot is what? They are the Cowboys. They are the Cowboys. You How about them Cowboys? Thing. Oh, well, look, we spare no expense here on Fridays. I can tell you that. Uh, we spare a lot of expense otherwise, but Fridays, oh, no. Uh, we put the dog on. All right, uh, a school that was brought up in the discussion yesterday. This, I think, is a layup, but I'm just sticking with uh, that, and I like their logo. North Duplin. They were brought up yesterday. They're the Rebels. Nick Stevens, two for two on the mascot game. Can he go a perfect three for three? This is another one that you brought up a few moments ago based on yesterday's discussion. Thomas Jefferson Classical Academy. They are the Griffons. Just like Rocky Mount. Yes. Perfect three for three. Uh, Nick, let the record show we did not set this up. This is off the top of your head. So that's something, <laughs> yep, to, be, something to be proud of there. Um, I didn't even study last night. <laughs> no, you're too busy. Too busy <laughs> breaking down film from yesterday. God love you because that... Uh, that, those those hearings, that stuff, whew, that can, can get a little tedious. But, uh, so, so, I, you know, I thought yesterday was real interesting. Hey, uh, great to have you on Breaking It Down for us. Uh, we appreciate it. Hope we can get you on again soon. I, when when the dust settles with a lot of stuff, um, you know, it'd just be good to have sort of a general 
conversation when we get into the summer months on some stuff. So uh, look forward to that possibly. Sure, All right. Thanks a Anytime. lot, Nick. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Big thanks to Nick. Steve, it's great to have Nick on uh, highschoolot.com. I've never uh, had a chance to interact with him in that setting. So, uh, boy, it's a it's a matter that's complicated, but anytime you involve the High School Athletic Association and anytime you involve the North Carolina legislature, things are usually complicated. That's not a bad thing, but things are it's, – it's, it's not as cut and dry as I think a lot of us feel like it is in a lot of cases. And uh, – I think Nick shed some really good light on that. Shedding some light on what's going on uh, in uh, in and around the Pirate Nation and beyond. Here's Ben Byram with a uh, check of headlines for you on our Sports Flash. Ben? Thanks, Patrick. ECU baseball series against Houston has officially been canceled due to COVID issues within the Cougars program. So instead of Pirate Baseball, we start with an action-packed night of high school playoff football. Be sure to stay tuned right here on 94.3 The Game until 7 as Trent McGee and Ronald RV Vincent provide live play-by-play coverage from Percy Daniels Field as the undefeated Rampants host Lee County. Elsewhere, Washington Pampack hosts South Granville. Edenton battles Princeton. That game can be heard on our sister station, 103.7 WTIB. Kinson takes on Northeastern. Tarboro matches up against Manio. Havelock hosts Southern Guilford. That game can be heard on our sister station, 94.1 and 97.9 Groovin' Oldies. Newburn takes on Scotland. Northside Pontown travels to Rosewood. And Southwest Edgecombe hosts Roanoke Rapids. From the NCAA, the D1 Council has formally approved the new transfer for a rule for basketball and football that allow you to transfer and play immediately. From college basketball, Duke adds Marquette transfer Theo John. John is a six foot nine center who averaged eight points and five rebounds. UNC Ford Garrison Brooks is officially transferred to Mississippi State via his Instagram. And USC freshman center Evan Moley de- Mobley declares for the NBA draft. And wrapping up from the PGA Tour, down in Hilton Head Island to RBC Heritage. East Ulam here with one of the third, not looking too shabby on the day. He's currently shooting two under through 16, good for seven under overall so far, and 10th overall in the event. For your 94th of the game sports update, I'm Ben Byram. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. I can't wait. On your flagship home of Pirate Football, 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. Every Monday during the ECU baseball season, tune in as Pirate Coach Cliff Godwin talks East Carolina baseball. Brought to you by Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center and the Gavigan Agency. With Patrick Johnson on your home for Pirate baseball. I fly ball to left, to the track, to the wall. He cannot get it. 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. Now back to the Patrick Johnson Show. Push all the bu- yes, we did push all the buttons. Wow. Nikki Novak from Fandango. A special, it's already a special Friday surprise that we had the show today. And an even bigger Friday surprise that Fandango's Nikki Novak is here to uh, talk a couple of uh, items with us, movies and Not otherwise. A surprise. <clears throat> Not a surprise that I was ready and available when you called me at the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> it says not a lot about my life. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm available. Oh, yeah. No, I can do anything you, anytime you need. That's okay, though. It's, it's great to have you uh, with us here. Oh, there we go. We spare no expense on the Friday show. Um... 
Nikki Novak uh, from Fandango. Uh, I hope all's well, and uh, I'm glad we're, we, we connected with you. Thank you for doing this. Everything is great. I hope everything is well with you. Yeah, it's been a hectic week. The Oscars are next weekend, so it's getting busy. It's revving up. All right. Um, we have two series yep. and a movie. Yeah. The movie is called Monday. And like Garfield, we all hate Mondays. We all hate Mondays. And this should never have been called Monday because it's actually really good. Oh. <laughs> you will not hate this movie. It's more like a Friday or a Saturday night as far as I'm concerned because it's actually pretty steamy. It's an R-rated film. For anybody who likes Sebastian Stan from Marvel, and he's also in Falcon and the Winter Soldier right now, um, he plays the lead in it. And uh, Denise Goff, she is the female that plays opposite him. She's a well-known British actress, so you know, not Academy Award winning, but award-winning actress. And... Um, and basically, I don't know if you remember the movie Before Sunrise with Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy about these two people that meet and the worlds collide. This kind of has a similar vibe where these two people meet in Greece. They're both Americans living in Greece. And she's supposed to go back to work on Monday and go back and start a new job in America. And on a whim, she decides to change wow. her life and move in with this guy. Wow. And it starts out like this amazing Greek holiday and things start to change. Uh, I got to tell you, don't they I've always, watching, don't they I've always start to change? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, well, you're right because this is, I think a lot of it was improvised. This right. felt so real. This really hit home about relationships that especially too, when there's a lot of love, but then it just doesn't work. Like as much as you love the person, it just doesn't right. work. Yeah. And been, uh, been there, done that, like, Nikki. Been there, done that. Yeah, I'll have them all. So, um, but yeah, I was really blown away by it. Like, I've been watching a lot of you know the nominated films. I watch a lot of things that you know want to get nominated, and I really thought this was good. And don't let if you read critic reviews, you'll see it doesn't have a great score on Rotten Tomatoes. And I just thought it was garbage because I actually thought that this was a really brilliantly done film. I think it's really hard to do what they did, and that is make you forget you're watching a movie and it really felt like real life, but not so real that you're like, it's going to be too real. Please don't. I need, I need escapism. It still felt like a holiday. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but it just did not feel like a Monday. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, so that is Monday. That movie is uh, available in, in theaters. theaters and uh, we got a couple of series. Now I've seen the ads for this uh, show uh, and you know, look, I'm a John Stamos fan, obviously dating back to Full House. He had a series on Fox a couple of years ago I thought was uh, he was really good in. Okay, uh, you're forgetting his biggest claim to fame. Yeah. The Beach Boys. He started a commercial with Nikki Novak, a Dan and Oikos commercial. Okay, wait a minute. <laughs> Hang on. Hang on. Let me just, let me, let, we'll come back to this. Um, so I've always, now the character he played in this Fox TV, it was kind of art imitating life, you know, or at least, you know, exaggerated his life a little bit. Uh, so I've always thought he's he's charming and very good. So there's this show, Big Shot, which we'll get into. But let's pause everything here and tell me about this commercial you and John Stamos were in. Do you remember when he was doing all these Dan and Oikos commercials? Mm -hmm. Yes. He did a series of them. So I was in one of the commercials where I played his ex-girlfriend, basically. And... Um, I tell him it's over and he goes off in the, in the rainstorm and he's brooding. And then I come up late, come out later to pick up my things from his apartment. And I'm walking out with the box and this gorgeous girl comes walking out of his bedroom. And I'm like, already, you already have moved on. And I take this teddy bear and I throw it at him and he ducks and it just misses him. And he's like, that's my sister. <laughs> so it was really fun. And I have to say, when you say charming, like, I was so, um, I so did not nail this role. Like I was so bad. I know I was bad. Like I 
had my moments as an actress, but sometimes I really did miss. And he was so good. Like I, you don't realize sometimes he's very good at very being very natural and kind of like just saying a line and making it sound like it just really came out of his mouth, like really was, was came from him. Yeah. And it, it really reminded me of the fact that I needed to become a host and retire from acting. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> he was great fun. He was great fun, but I digress. Shall we talk about the show? What were you <laughs> selling in this ad? Dannon Oikos, the yogurt. He used to, he did it like a I understand. What did you hurling a teddy bear at him have to do with selling yogurt? Well, he was sitting there kind of enjoying his yogurt ah. like too much when I came back. Like I right. thought I was going to come back and he was going to be crying. And he's sitting there on the couch enjoying his yogurt. And this gorgeous woman walks in. I'm like, what is going on? You're having a good time. And I throw the thing at him. So anyway, <laughs> really, you know, sometimes the story has nothing to do with what you're selling. I understand. I yeah. When I recall the, that series of commercials, it was always a him and a female, like there was a female entanglement or something. Right. It was sort of like his dating life. Again, art imitating life in many ways. Yes. 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 And oh, the funny thing is, is when that came out, like people actually didn't even recognize me because I was supposed to be like really nasty. And they made me like put me in this like black leather jacket and made my hair all like all over the place. And they're like, Nikki, that's not like you. I'm like, it's called acting. Acting. <laughs> That's what it was. You were acting. Acting. Um, so this show, I will say this: the premise seems absurd, but I, I'm sure it's Disney, so it's a high. It's probably well done. You said David mm -hmm. E. Kelly wrote this. You said that before we went yeah. on, right? So I mean, that, obviously, the writing's there, and Stamos is charming. So I, I'm sure they pull this ridiculous premise off, right? You just completely. I don't need to say anything because that was the review right there. Boom, baby, <laughs> boom. That's really what it is. It is a ridiculous premise. Some of the acting is over the top, but he's so good at it. This is so not Ted Lasso because the characters, <laughs> like Ted Lasso is like the feel good guy. He's so reluctant because he's an NCAA coach. He's right. got a big ego. And then he gets demoted because he throws a chair at a ref during a game. So they send him to this private teenage girls uh, high school to coach this high school. And he thinks he's too good to be there. And um, then, of course, it's over 10 episodes. You know, his, right. his heart softens and he learns from his students and they learn from him. And he has a really unconventional style of coaching. Like he says stuff to these girls that you're like, oh, my gosh, that's really harsh. Um, so it's really it's really interesting. It's a 10 part series. I haven't they haven't sent me all of it yet, but right. I'm, I was really intrigued by it. I was surprised. I thought it looked really bad. Part of the reason why it really works is number one, David E. Kelly's writing, and number two, because you, like you said, John Stamos, he's so charming and good. And this is Disney Plus. It's Disney Plus, okay. so no, if you have Disney Plus, no uh, premium charge or anything, just Disney gotcha. Plus, and you can watch it. Fandango's Nikki Novak uh, in a springtime ensemble joining us uh, via Zoom. <laughs> uh, Jamie Foxx has a new series. This is starting to get a little bit of viral uh, push uh, through advertising. Dad, stop embarrassing me. Yeah. And, the, and, you know, anything he does, right? Anything he does, people are going to pay attention to and watch and, and just the title itself. So this is on Netflix, which, you know, we all have Netflix pretty much. And it's so easy to check it on. It actually came out earlier this week and it's a forget how many episodes there are, but he plays. It's kind of a spinoff of his real life. Um, he's, you know, I think sometimes I always think of like Jamie Foxx. Uh, from 10 years ago before or 15 years ago before he was a dad and you know he was just starting out in this business but now he's a dad and I guess you know he really has a teenage daughter and so this is inspired by that um, in the show he plays this cosmetics uh, magnate and his teenage daughter comes to live with him and he kind of has to you know 
get his ego a little in check because she's not at all impressed by him. In fact, he embarrasses her, hence the title. Um, and it's cute. Look, Jamie Foxx is so talented. I've interviewed him several times and he just, he just keeps you on the edge of your seat. He's never predictable. Even when you interview him, you don't know what you're going to get from him. You don't know if he's going to walk off or if he's going to sing to you. You have no idea. And um, yeah, I, I mean, the series is great. So there you go. Fandango's Nikki Novak, thanks for uh, hopping on on a Friday. It's great to see you. Great to see you, too. Have a great weekend. So some things to watch uh, since you won't be watching or listening to Pirate Baseball this weekend. Uh, in case you've been under a rock for the last several hours, the series with Houston postponed because of COVID issues within the Cougars program. Thanks to Coach Godwin for his insight. The latest on that. More with Coach Godwin Monday as we'll go inside the ECU clubhouse with Pirate Coach Cliff Godwin. No ECU baseball. That's why you're hearing me right now. There won't be any this weekend. And because of no baseball game tonight, we're shifting the Rose game over to 94-3 the game. You'll be able to hear the Rampants in the playoffs on the home for Rampant football right here, 94-3, the game. Trent McGee is in tonight calling the game, and uh, he'll be alongside Ronald Vince. It should be a, a really good one. I think it's going to be a tight matchup. Uh, two pretty evenly matched teams, Rose and Leedsville Road, at least on paper. We'll see how all that shakes out. Uh, big thanks to uh, Nikki Novak, to Cliff Godwin, also to Nick Stevens with HighSchoolOT.com, Ben Byram as always. And we'll be back Monday. Patrick Johnson Show. Have a great weekend. So that she